This time on episode 371 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Falcon and the Winter Soldier, season one, episode three, Power Broker, weekly Marvel news, and your feedback. I'm Josh Liston from On the Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Consultant Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, April 4th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Hey, gang, happy National School Librarian Day. I love books. And school librarians, we need them. Not just for books, but they teach kids how to resource and find good resources, use the computer, all different sorts of things. Now, Chris, when you were in school, did you purchase books via the National Scholastic Program? Yeah, they had the Scholastic Book Fairs and whatnot, and they'd send the flyers home so we could order stuff. I bought way too many books through there. Me too. Me too. When you guys had those, were they in like the gym, the cafeteria, or were they in the library? Depends on the school I was at at the time. Some of them were in the library, some of them were in the gym, and then some of them were in the cafeteria because military brat, I lived all over. Michelle, how about you? Do you remember? Mostly the library and then the hallway outside the library. I think I had all of the above in my school. I went to the same school from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. I went to the same school. Well, technically not, but I went to the same school in high school as well. Of course, we didn't have the book fair in high school, but I do remember we had the book fair all over the place in my grade school. And the reason I'm having a little bit of problems with my high school is I went to an all boys school my freshman year of high school, which merged with an all girls school my sophomore year. So it was the same school, but I guess technically two different schools. Okay. I do remember going into the library. Matter of fact, my mom actually acted as a librarian volunteer from time to time. And I remember going into the library one time and a space shuttle was launching. And she's like, come on, you got to watch this. Because <laughs> the library had one of the very few AV carts that we had in the school. So she had it plugged in and we were watching the space shuttle launch. That was one of my fond memories. But I do remember a lot of the books that I got through Grade school in the library that I just read for fun. And ultimately, I ended up either buying them or trying to buy them. There's one in particular that I have not been able to source yet. But uh, that just tells me it's not a very good book if it's still not in print and you can't find it in ebooks and that sort of thing. So, a little bit of my memory might be clouding my judgment there. But anyway, I do have a fond memory for using school librarians. High school, the librarians were invaluable for research. And also in college as well, because I still had a library in college that I went to. And, you know, 
Remember, guys, I went to a college at the time where I was doing punch cards with Fortran programming. We didn't have computers as we know them today. And thank you to all of the school librarians out there. We really appreciate all the work that you do. And with that, let's move on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because of not moving your seat up. If you'd like to talk to us about riding the backseat of a car and not having enough leg room, you can catch us on our website at legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail if you've ever been in that weird back part of a station wagon by calling 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you've ever been traveling on a road trip with your friends and they refuse to move the seat up to give you more leg room in the back, you can leave us a message on our Facebook page at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can tweet about just how little space is in the back of a convertible by finding us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can leave us a message on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gonna geek about any convertible that you've been in with a backseat in order to have any sort of leg room whatsoever. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server at gunnageek.com and talk all about backseat riding, especially with anybody that's not giving you enough leg room. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. Now, Chris, have you ever been on a car trip where you just don't have enough leg room? Not very often. I generally get the front seat. How about an airplane? Because those are just as bad these days. All the time. Yeah. Especially with those small regional jets where you're like hunched over with the uh, sidewall right next to you. Yeah. Yeah. I used to fly the little puddle jumpers from where I lived to Dulles to then catch a flight to wherever I was going. They're tiny. I took a lot of trips to Reagan National Airport, same thing. I've also flown into Dulles and BWI. I've flown in all over the East Coast there, and it's usually on a little puddle jumper. Yep. So for those of you that don't know, Chris is joining us once again. He was on the podcast last week. He is a guest host. He is coming in to replace Lauren for the week. We're hoping this is the last week, but no firm promises. Now, Chris, you are on the Guinea Geek Network with Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on a couple of different shows. That's right. I am also a co-host of the All Things Good Nerdy show, which is a wacky weekend morning show, as we call it, where we just kind of recap the week in geek. And then I'm also part of the official GunnaGeek.com show with SP and Stephen John Drew, where we kind of recap the things that we're geeking out about and do various segments that cover a variety of different topics. So what's your favorite segment on the GunnaGeek.com show? My favorite segment? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like the trivia ones. Those ones are fun. Uh, yeah, those are fun. And Michelle, you've been on the GunnaGeek.com show, and you've actually hosted trivia for us. Yes, I prefer to host trivia than to answer trivia because I do not have the brain for trivia. I have random facts in my head, and sometimes they just are random, and they come, and there are just times when you know, like when there's a Star Wars one, I just know to sit back and just let Chris answer them all because I can't remember the people in the cantina. My brain is just like, you don't need to know that anymore. So it's down in the depth somewhere, but not for Chris. Like if, no, if you need someone for Star Wars trivia, Chris is your person. I would agree with that. Although I would like to see a Star Wars trivia war between Lauren and Chris. 
As long as it's not covering the new stuff, I'd be okay, because I don't really know a bunch about the new stuff. Oh, you're far too kind to yourself. You know more than Michelle and I combined on that. Yeah, yeah, but the sequel trilogy, man, I don't know a ton about that. I just finished watching through the sequels. I mean, all of Star Wars. Literally, yesterday, I finished watching episode nine, so I'm done with Star Wars. My condolences. Yeah, well, I did it to do it. Now I can put it to bed and don't ever have to worry about it again. And we'll just see about the new stuff as it comes on. I will watch The Mandalorian Season 3. I probably will watch the Boba Fett series. But aside from that, it's going to be hit or miss beyond that. And the Ahsoka Tano series. But other than that, I know the Bad Batch trailer just came out. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. I don't know if I'm going to watch that yet or not. It depends on time, I guess. What about you, Chris? You going to watch The Bad Batch? Uh, maybe I'm not as committed to that as other stuff, but it seems like something good to throw on when I'm doing chores around the house or Hmm. cooking dinner in the evening. What about you, Michelle? You ginned up to watch the bad batch. Probably a lot of the anime that I watched just had their season finales. And with anime, you never know if you're going to get your next season in six months or six years. It's true. When you watch your anime or like the bad batch, you think your mom's going to watch it with you? No, mom's not really into anime. Or Star Wars? Well, she likes Star Wars. She watches The Mandalorian. If I recommend it to her, she might. But I don't think she's watched The Clone Wars or Rebels. She hasn't watched The Clone Wars or Rebels, the series. So That's a tougher sell than to do Bad Batch without having seen Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, maybe, just maybe, later on in this podcast, we'll hear about your mom's take about this episode that we're going to talk about, about Falcon and Winter Soldier. What do you think about that? I think that's going to happen. Okay. We're going to get to that right now. We watched a couple days ago, Disney Plus dropped season one, episode three of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier called Power Broker on April 2nd, 2021. It was directed by Carly Skoglin again, who has 57 directed credits starting back in 1994 including one episode of The Killing, two episodes of Under the Dome, one episode of Longmire, two episodes of Vikings, which I still have to see the last final half of the season there, one episode of Penny Dreadful, two episodes of Fear of the Walking Dead, one episode of The Americans, two episodes of The Walking Dead, one episode of The Punisher, five episodes of The Handmaid's Tale, and all six episodes of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think Kari's doing a decent job directing the execution on screen is on par but we'll talk about the story as we go along today so michelle who wrote this episode this episode was written by derek polstad has 18 writing credits starting in 2012 has two episodes of falcon and the winter soldier but for john wick fans like me we just really care about that he's written john wick one two three four five so he is the John Wick guy, and he was very appropriate to write a series, you know, an episode sent in Mandapur. I need to watch more John Wick. I actually can't even remember if I've watched the first one or not. Oh, it's so fun. It's so good. So good. And it's all about a puppy. I've heard that. I've heard there's a puppy moment in there as well. So, yeah, I'm I really impressed that we got Derek. To do this because I know the movies are a big hit. By the way, the showrunner for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was Malcolm Spellman. All right, Power Broker. That's the name of this episode. 
I know Chris and I were talking a little bit about Power Broker before we went online here, but Michelle, I want to hear your take fresh. I haven't heard it. What do you think the Power Broker title is? There's the obvious one about who's the Power Broker in Mandapore. I think there's also the idea of who's actually in charge of things. Zemo's making power moves. The new Captain America is doing the whole do you know who I am bit that a lot of villain tropes have kind of done or egotistical characters have done. So trying to move into some sort of power position. So we have a lot of people wanting power, claiming to have it. Yeah. This is all about power plays, this show so far, and everyone trying to become more powerful, except for, you know, Sam and Bucky, who are kind of like, no, no, we don't want that. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, We probably have, each of us, speculations on who the power broker really is. It could be somebody that we don't know, or it could be somebody that we do know. And Chris and I were having this conversation beforehand. So, Chris, I'll let you have the floor here. Who is your pick for the power broker? Old man Steve Rogers. I'm just kidding. Actually, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It could be anybody. We don't know. Who do you think it is, Chris? The show wants us to think that it's Sharon. And maybe I'm just a little scarred from WandaVision, some other stuff. Would you want me to think something too much? Then I don't think it's that person. So I think that while Sharon may be working for the power broker in some way, shape, or form, it's not necessarily because she wants to, but more because she might be undercover trying to take down their operation. Now, I'm fully anticipating that I'll be wrong on this, and the power broker, I really expect to be someone who is of consequence in the MCU that we just don't think of off the top of our head. So we probably don't have a name that we can think of now, and they'll just pull it out of the hat. and We'll be, oh, that's an important person. Yeah, roads do lead to Sharon. I actually think it would be interesting if it was her. Here's someone who became an enemy of the state because she helped Captain America and Falcon, was on the run, did not get snapped, had to deal with the fallout of the past five years, hasn't been able to, you know, go home, had to make a living. And you have to remember, it's interesting, Zemo, they made a point of Zemo being royalty, you know, former royalty, but being rich with the whole like jet. But even he couldn't go directly to high town. Even he was like, we have to start with low lives, even someone like me. And then Sharon all of a sudden going, yeah, I have a place in high town, which means that she's been doing some stuff, whether she's been doing shady stuff because she's undercover or shady stuff in order to survive. Possibly. I think she agreed to Sam's idea of giving her a pardon to work with them because she sees Sam working with an escaped felon Zemo and she's just like, oh yeah, you can get me a pardon. Sure. I believe that. So that's why I will work with you. I'm sitting there going, Falcon's not going to be able to do that. Falcon's got no power right now. I mean, let's be honest. He's not Captain America. There are no Avengers that we can tell at this point in time. It's not like the Avengers have reassembled or anything post Endgame. So he's a consultant or potentially officer slash enlisted men in the military. He has no power to broker a innocence deal for someone who's seen as a traitor to the state. He does have connections with Thunderbolt Ross. I mean, just by knowing Thunderbolt Ross, that 
he might be able to talk to him. Why would Thunderbolt Ross want anything to do with Sam Wilson or listen to him in one way, shape or form? I agree, but it's an avenue that he could take, right? Yeah, I mean, his connect, his best connection is Steve Rogers, who, as far as the MCU is, knows, is dead, or Tony Stark, who's dead, or Nick Fury, who's dead. I just don't see, as far as the world knows, is dead. Let me rephrase. Rhodey, but even Rhodey... Rhodey's a colonel in the Air Force, though. What's his influence? That's what got me, that she really agreed to that very quickly. And she knows that he can't do it. I mean, she's not dumb. She's the niece of Agent Carter. She knows that Sam's not going to be able to do this. I think she just used it as a way as to work with them in a believable way. Whatever they were doing could be used to further her agenda in some way, is what I assume. Be it her agenda as the power broker to further her power and to get people off her scent, if that's the case, or her agenda as someone undercover trying to take them down by taking out the man who now knows how to recreate Eskrin's super soldier serum and make it better, arguably. So as far as the Sharon Carter speculation, there's a couple of things there. First of all, the text message after the death of Selby came out really fast, like way too fast. Now, is this a possibility? I mean, are we talking about the cinematography of it all because plot? Okay, maybe. Or... Maybe she sent the text message out because she was there. Mm -hmm. She actually killed Selby. So, you know, maybe she was the one who tried to blame it on somebody else. She can kill Selby without taking the fall for it because you had Zemo, Sam and Bucky in the room. And so far as anyone knows, it's them that did it. So, again, that could be to further whatever her agenda is, be it good or bad, depending on your view of how she fits into things. And she was able to use the three of them to kill the scientists. So this way, yes, the scientists and the power broker had the falling out, but if the power broker directly kills the scientists, that could bring too many eyes. But here she is able to use, she figured Zemo despises super soldiers. He wants to eradicate them from the earth. So of course he's going to kill the scientists. That did not surprise me. Of course, he's going to. And she was able to use them to do that. She was able to murder the scientists by proxy. The other issue that I had with Sharon was that I'm a Sharon fan, a Sharon Carter fan. Emily Van Camp, anytime she wants to get together, I'll have a drink with you, coffee, you know, whatever. And not in the Luke Cage sense of coffee. I'm just talking about going out. Emily, it's an open invitation. That said, Sharon Carter's character had a dramatic shift from the eulogy she was given before, which is the last time we saw her on screen, and this. She is really dark, extremely dark here. She can't go home. She refuses to go home for whatever reason. And I just cringed a little bit. And I think there's more about it that we haven't heard about. So I agree with Chris. We could be being misdirected here. Or she could legitimately have gone bad full villain as the power broker. I think her dark turn, as, as we put it, could still be legit, though, because she got burned real bad by the events of Civil War. Like, the Avengers that split all got pardons. They're all welcome back into the fold after a few years on the run. She's the one that enabled them to run and was cast out and now is a wanted criminal and things like that. And like she said in the show to Sam, 
you're an Avenger. You had Avengers connections. And he's like, well, I was on the run for two years. It's not the equivalent, though. I mean, she's not a superhero, so she's not going to get a pardon very easily. And in fact, has probably been villainized by people like Thunderbolt Ross because he can use that to further his agenda. The fact that it's a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who is within the CIA that enabled these superheroes to do things. That's why we need further regulation on them, too. So I get where she'd be coming from and feel jaded by the whole superhero thing because her supporting them ruined her life, you could argue, to an extent. One of the things I did like about how this ended is, to me, it's obvious we're going to see Sharon Carter on screen again. So I'm happy about that because she left it saying we got a couple of problems and they just left. To me, that says you're coming back for an appearance. I'm looking forward to that. In a waiting car. That car was waiting for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's all sorts of speculation on how she arranged or she could have arranged all these bounty hunters to come to the container and everything like that. But the container yard lab was a good fight. I started to time how long it was and then I just didn't catch the end of it. But you had Sharon or her stunt person doing a lot of the typical Sharon Carter fight moves outside. You had some fight stuff going on with Winter Soldier and Falcon. And then you had Baron Zemo come in with, uh, you know, a, a little bit of how do you do at the end to be able to pull that all off. So, I, you know, the four of them got together and they got something done, whatever that really was. I enjoyed the fight, at least. It was typical of a big budget fight. And as we said last episode, movie quality. This is not something that was expected in like a TV show, but more movie cinematic quality. So I'm good with that. Moving on. The episode begins with a very, very creepy GRC commercial. Reset, restore, rebuild. This is slowly getting us into a lot more of what the GRC is. I don't think we're done with it. I think we're going to find out more about the GRC as we go along, especially since there's now a tax on GRC storehouses. I I just feel that this is building. If anything is building in this series, this is one thing that's building. Am I alone in thinking this? I think more is going to occur with them. I'm not sure that the GRC is more of a player other than being what the Flag Smashers are targeting. I, I don't know that they're going to be like the overarching evil organizations pulling the strings. To me, I get more of the vibe of they're trying to help put the world back together, but they may not be going about it in the best ways, if that makes sense. I think it totally makes sense because as we talked about before, this is the people that were in power before that are trying to get back in power again by controlling goods and services and resources. All right, we've danced around it. Zemo is out and about. They went in and as I was cautioning last episode, I was worried that he was going to use the code words on the Winter Soldier. He did. Fortunately... The Wakandians had deprogrammed him, or at least that's what it seemed to be. So, yay, we didn't get Zemo controlling Winter Soldier again. thought that would have been a very poor storyline. But he tried, and he's trying everything he can to get what he wants. So my question is, why did we break Zemo out? We know what he's going to do. He's not really adding anything to the end here. We could have gotten stuff done without him out and about. Well, he probably wouldn't have talked unless they got him out. 
Yeah, but there could have been a dozen. I can think, I'm not a professional Marvel writer, but I can sit here and think of a dozen different ways that Sam and Bucky could have gotten the lead on the soldier serum. I think it was one of those things where people didn't like how little Zemo we got in Civil War. And, you know, as we said before, that was a really good actor. He was wasted. And now we get him back in a cool way. He's got, he's rich. He's got all these cars. He gets to drink champagne on his private jet. And then he gets to come back, you know, with the convertible there at the end. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm your way into the underworld, which again, five dozen other people could have done. I just think because of the whole, we got Bucky and Sam together in Civil War. He was in Civil War. I think they were just, hey, this is kind of neat, Easter eggy tie into the movie stuff. I think the thought was they could do more with the character like you're getting at. Like Daniel Bruhl, he did a really good job with what he had in Civil War. But if you paid attention, it almost seemed like they retconned Baron Zemo's character a little bit in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like in Civil War, it was referenced that he was an officer in the Sokovian military, things like that. Now it's kind of getting referenced that he's former royalty, he's a baron, he had wealth and things like that. Things that were kind of glossed over or not even spoken of in Civil War. So they kind of retconned him a little bit to bring him more in line with the comic origins of the character, which is kind of what people wanted to see. Plus, they also brought the purple mask over, which if you'd asked me prior to this show, I never thought we'd have seen the Baron Zemo purple mask actually work in a Marvel Cinematic Universe property. And, you know, sort of worked here. I was kind of happy to see that. So I think they took an actor and a character and realized we can do more with it retconned a little bit and found a way to pull him in. And I'm okay with that versus necessarily introducing someone new that you have to worry about trying to give more backstory on or things like that. At least people here have a passing knowledge of Zemo, assuming you've been keeping up with the MCU and things like that. They could have used old Bucky connections. Bucky was Winter Soldier. You know, he's been playing again with that going back to it and could have had that interchange of Sam, I, if we want to get this information, I have to act like Winter Soldier again in order to get to these underworld connections. You know, do you have my back and make sure I don't go over the line again? It would have been a way to have more Bucky and Sam interaction, which I really feel like the show is called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't feel like we're getting enough Falcon and the Winter Soldier together. And I just think that could have just been character moments. But I'm not sure that's how they've portrayed the Winter Soldier in the MCU, though. Like, maybe in the com- in the comics and stuff, we know the Winter Soldier is more than just a programmed assassin. But all we've really seen of the Winter Soldier in the MCU is point him at a target and send him after it. It's not necessarily the Winter Soldier using the underworld connections to hunt someone down, find them, get tools and resources to go get someone. It's No, he's an assassin. You point him at him and he'll kill them. So I think the way they've depicted the Winter Soldier in the MCU He's not really going to have that underworld connection because he's the guy that would accompany someone who is doing something in the underworld so he can then be pointed at the target and set on them. We're going to see where Zemo goes. It's too bad that Lauren could not be with us on this episode because I was going to ask her what kind of knitting or crocheting Zemo's mask really was. (laughs) Well, you can ask her next week. Intend to. He'll probably put it on again. (laughs) He hasn't lost it yet, so I would assume so. It's great that he just had an extra one in the car, too. It's his driving mask. 
It's just like he needs driving gloves. He's got a driving, driving mask. <laughs> I've never figured that out. Driving gloves. <laughs> I honestly haven't. Unless you're like in the South where it's too hot, where why would you be wearing gloves anyway? But that's another story. John Walker was in this episode, maybe two scenes. And he wasn't portrayed well. Like last episode, I was saying I can kind of understand him. I could see his motivations. Yes, he's not Cap, but he's not a bad guy. This time, the dude has issues. And the note that I was talking about with Chris before we started recording is he's basically the Hulk because he's always angry. He's got a lot of pressure on him, I would think, regardless of whether we like who he is, who his character is or whatnot. You've got to imagine that if you're that person that the United States military and government says, hey, you're the new Captain America, that's a lot of pressure. Factor in on top of that, he's assigned this case of trying to figure out what's going on with these other super soldiers and seemingly is getting beat to the punch by Sam and Bucky who want nothing to do with him. The stress is adding up. And so he, he's kind of freaking out a little bit, which is why we see him screaming at a guy, do you know who I am? And a guy spitting in his face and him getting mad about it. So I get where they're coming from. They're starting to indicate that the character's kind of becoming unhinged a little bit or just has kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Now, whether they rein that in or not, I don't know. But I will say that they, they got me good because when he said, do you know who I am? I real life muttered to myself, well, you're not him. <laughs> I wish it wasn't like, oh, yeah, they're making him this way. One of the reasons why, you know, we like Loki so much is because we were able to empathize with him because Odin didn't tell him he was adopted and, you know, he had that whole issue going on. With this guy, like, I was understanding why he was picked. You know, we saw his wife. We saw him do the whole, like what Steve had to do, you know, the whole, hi crowd, here I am. And then we saw him have his friend be his sidekick. And now he's, again, I talked about it last week about how there's so much being crammed in here that we don't have a lot of time for things to breathe and to grow. I think it would have been an interesting, like we know Sam deserved the shield, but then actually have this guy who was like, I'm trying to do this for my country, for my stars and stripes. And have him at least have us go, well, we wanted Sam to be Captain America, but this guy isn't so bad. And to give us a bit more, just more. So we had Zemo. We're going to continue to have Zemo. He's around. We'll see how that pans out. He goes into a building with Sam at the end. We don't see exactly what they're doing, but we'll get to what Bucky is doing at that same time. A few other odds and ends here. We have uh, Carly Morgenthau, who is the leader of the Flag Smashers. Again, this is another issue just like Cap for me from last episode where I was like, okay, I can kind of see her motivations here. I can kind of be on her side. I could see that she was not entirely bad. And then boom, it literally explodes up this episode where she blows up a building, which arguably it would be considered okay depending on what was going on and who was inside. And that is the problem that I have is innocent people were in there. So she's obviously branded a terrorist now, and I have less of a desire to root for her as things go on. Yeah. They're kind of pulling the shades of gray away from some of these things, be it John Walker or Carly. 
that there's these shades of gray as to whether you're going, well, maybe some of their actions are justified. And John Walker, I would argue, we're still in the shades of gray territory. We haven't seen him break bad or anything like that yet. But this is the episode where you can kind of be following Carly and the Flag Smashers. Like, okay, I sort of understand their motivation and why they would do it. And there's a part of me that could argue maybe it's the right action, you know, until you blow up a building full of people who work for the uh, GRC or GRU. I'm probably messing up the acronym there. Not for any other reason than the fact that they represent that organization. The, the folks that were in there trying to protect that building and stuff, they didn't really wrong you. They didn't do anything to you, so you killed them in cold blood. Now it becomes more of a black and white matter of, okay, this is good and this is bad, because this person's killing innocents and this person's not. Yeah, I understood why she was, you know, at first we, we heard, there was this great moment where she was like, you know, I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. and. And her friend, they were just talking about like what they could have been. And then the snap happens and having to survive, having to end up in Mandapur because then we had another connection. And, you know, again, tuberculosis is coming back because camps are overcrowded, which that is true. That happens. Uh, my uncle actually was in charge of a lot of relief effort for certain hurricanes. and. One of the things that frustrated him was all the paperwork involved and getting donations that were literally sitting there for, he said, for a month. Having to get all the paperwork and stuff to get that to people, it's one of the things that frustrated him. So her going in to a warehouse where the GRC was just sitting on all this stuff for six months and it's not being distributed properly, I'm going, okay, I know that. I know from my uncle just how real that is. I mean, yes, we hear news stories about it, about AIDS in different countries and things here not being, but I've actually, those things are true. That what That's what happens. So I'm like, okay, lady, I'm on board with this. I understand this. And then you blow up people tied to post and then you look at your friend and go, that's the language they understand. But you want things to go back to the way they were. And if they were better, after the snap and free blip, then why are you acting this way? And again, I just feel like the writers are like, oh, we wanted to develop this, but we can't because we have two episodes left. Actually, don't we have three episodes left? Isn't this a six episode? It's a oh. six episode. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, oh, Carly, not feeling it, not feeling those flag smashers where they were set up to be something different in my opinion and they went she carly went the other way this time around for that i get her motivation especially with the death that occurred because of the tuberculosis but at the same time it's not what i expected from the character given where it was going and, and maybe that's a good thing but i don't think it generally is to be honest with you guys i don't know that we're necessarily going to be done with the flag smashes at the end of falcon and winter soldier We've seen world building in the movie side of things. I think we could start seeing some of these things that trickle over into the next Marvel series or the Marvel movies. And I think this thread of the Flag Smashers and wanting to return to a blipped world, I think could be an undercurrent that kind of goes through this current phase of the Marvel movies. And on a side note, since they said there's 20 vials of Super Soldier formula, I'm pretty sure we're not done with that thread either, since we have not seen 20 Super Soldiers yet. 
Now, Carly, we didn't talk about it last time around, but Carly is from the Marvel comics. It's just a gender swap character. So it is an existing Marvel comic character for those that did not know that. We found out that the book that Bucky was using to cross off the people that he was wrong was actually Steve's book. It was the same book Steve obviously had given it to him. And that was confirmed in this episode. I know there was a lot of speculation online, so that was confirmed. That was good. Another thing is Zemo pointed out the faults with Captain America with Steve Rogers. And perhaps those faults, and remember Zemo hates superpowered people, but those faults actually made Steve Rogers a better superhero, perhaps a superior superhero than it would if he didn't have any faults, like maybe with John Walker. It all goes back to what Eskrin said, why he picked Steve to begin with, because he was a good man, not a good soldier. And the whole line of those that have had power don't know what it's like. Those that have not had power, but then get it, tend to remember what it was before. Steve, remember, was a sickly man from Brooklyn. Despite the fact he was given the super soldier serum and things like that, that was still the mentality. He approached a lot of things. And while I have had my issues with some of the things that Captain America did in the MCU, Everything goes back to that core of him wanting to do the right thing, even when he didn't have the ability to do so. Another thing that I caught from the episode was Sam's new nickname, Smiling Tiger. Smiling Tiger. Okay. Well, I guess there's a history with that. And But the other thing is, you know, Chris, Michelle, after this pandemic's over and we can all go out to a bar, I'm going to order all three of us one of those drinks. No. Okay. Why not? I don't drink <laughs> alcohol. And I don't want snake parts in my drinks. I don't know if there's any alcohol in that drink. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. I'm, it wasn't cooked. It was like, it was raw snake stuff. And I'm not really into, you know, I'm not going to eat raw snake stuff. I, I mean, if you cook snake meat, I'll eat it. But I don't want some organ fished out in an unsanitary. I mean, that person wasn't even wearing gloves. They just, cut it open with a dirty knife and stuck their fingers in there and then put it in a cup. It's just, no, that's just filthy. That's just extra flavor. That's how pandemics start. (laughs) Quite literally in this case, uh, definitely could have been. I was going to say Sam actually, I mean, if you're forced to do it, Sam did what I think would be the right thing. And that's down it as fast as you can. So you're not tasting it. But at the other end, Michelle, you're completely right. It, could be something nasty in there that you're not going to get rid of. I was going to say, part of it's also Zemo screwing with him a little bit, too, because when you go and look who Smiling Tiger is in the comics, he's like a Z-list character who's just like muscle in a goon. He's not really like a gangster or anything like that. So I think part of this is Zemo's kind of screwing with him a little bit because everyone seems to screw with Sam at times. Sam and Bucky go back and forth. And why doesn't Zemo get in the action a little bit? Well, remember the book that Zemo was reading was Machiavelli's. And that's about uh, the way to manipulate things in war, but it does also have applications to one-on-one relationships. Another character that I don't think mattered a bit was Dr. Nagel. I didn't know Dr. Nagel. I didn't care about Dr. Nagel. Apparently, Dr. Nagel is doing the super soldier serum okay, and then he gets killed by a it was like waste of a character. Okay, we find him. He did the super soldier serum and he's dead. All within 90 seconds. 
I think it was a quick way to trace what happened. He worked for Hydra, recruited by the CIA, and I think it was interesting to know he was snapped. Five years later, comes back to no job, ends up getting recruited by the power broker and ending up in Mandapur. I think it's just a way to not only one tell us where the super, you know, how the serum came about again, but also again, this we're talking about this rebuilding and resetting sort of deal, and just how some people are able to just get on with their lives and get their job again, or they are completely coming back to a mess and they have to hang out in Mandapore. It's also teasing the uh, the Sharon Carter connection too, because remember she was a CIA agent in Civil War. Not doesn't necessarily mean that she would have been involved in Dr. Nagel's work, but there's a CIA to CIA connection there, which is she was on the run. He got blipped and comes back to no gig. Maybe that helps facilitate things, too, if she is, in fact, the power broker or an agent of the power broker or something like that. We do have confirmation, by the way, that Cheerios survived the blip. Cheerios are a thing post blip because, you know, Sam and Sarah's conversation. That's true. Sam was doing pretty good in that conversation until it got to be the bank and he was just starting to mouth off about the banker. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that banker late, later than ah, stop throwing those Cheerios like all kids do. Right. Uh, there was another big conversation that occurred. It was really short. It was in the plane. It was between Bucky and Sam and they were talking about the shield. Bucky wants to steal it. Sam wants to destroy it. I think we've got the setup for a fight near the end of the series. I think it's all coming down to Steve's legacy a little bit there. And Bucky still feels burned that Sam gave up on it. And in his mind, he would rather have it himself than to see it in the hands of someone that Steve wouldn't have considered worthy or had faith in. And I think Sam saying that he would rather see it would have should have destroyed it is still him just kind of coming to grips with the fact that Steve picked him and then him deciding not to do it and seeing the consequences of that action there. I don't think Sam truly wants it destroyed. I think it's more everything that's going on around the shield, he kind of wants that feeling to go away. Because I'm sure he's second-guessing himself at this point of, had I kept the shield, what would have happened? I don't know. Both these guys aren't really a good headspace when it comes to Steve Rogers' ongoing legacy. There's also the fact that Sam is still reeling about learning about Isaiah. Here was someone who was giving the serum. We also, that's another thing about Nagel. Nagel talks about finding someone, experimenting on him. So here's someone, here's the person, one of the people that experimented on Isaiah. And Sam, realizing that the program, there was someone who could have been a ca another Captain America. You know, he was a super soldier. We could have had Isaiah as Captain America. And that didn't happen. Instead, he went to prison. You know, the government could have gone like, hey, Sam, no, we really do want you to be Captain America. That doesn't happen. Again, a lot of this stuff is happening quick. I think that's part of it. And at the end, Zemo talks about, have you guys been to the memorial, the Sokovian Memorial, which I'm going to say is going to be a futuristic tie-in. We might have already seen it in, at the end of WandaVision, by the way, of... A cabin on the edge of a lake, which could be where the Segovian city was, right? So I think that we're getting 
little bits and pieces about this during these series. And I think we're going to see something go back to Sokovia. There's nothing left, as Zemo says, but there's a memorial. So we'll see what happens there. But at the very end, I think there was a, a unique scene that was happening. Bucky just went off on his own. And if I was Sam, I'd be like, okay, Bucky's just not doing this because he needs some air. He's doing this because he's looking into something, but somebody had to stay with Zemo. So he went with Zemo. So I think the two of them are in lockstep. I mean, Sam might not know where Bucky is, but Bucky, he found somebody, didn't he, Michelle? Yeah, even Io. I love that moment. And I don't know why I, my brain thought this was, was episode four and we only had two episodes left. But now seeing her at the halfway point, we get a Wakanda thing. While, <laughs> while I'm happy about this, we are on episode three. We're halfway and now we're getting another layer on top of this. You know, we have Sharon Carter. Now we have, you know, the Wakanda thing. And are they going to be angry at the White Wolf for letting Zemo out? Or are they going to be happy at the White Wolf for letting Zemo out so they can kill Zemo? I don't know. Yeah, I think we're going to get to a point where uh, the Dora Milaje is there on orders to either detain or kill Zemo. And you've got Sam and Bucky like, we still need him at this point in time, leading to that uncomfortable moment of we need to broker a deal before we can hand him off or them having to defend him to then continue their quest and then also get on the bad side of Wakanda, which could lead to some interesting consequences for Bucky, seeing as he's still the white wolf of Wakanda and credits them with saving his mental health, his new arm, things like that. So it'll be an interesting development. It makes sense storyline wise in the MCU that the Wakandans would be really hacked off that Baron Zemo is no longer in jail, seeing as he was responsible for the death of the last King. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where they go with it. Me too. And I'm hoping that we get more of that next episode. Now, Michelle, during this past week, you had the wonderful opportunity to interview somebody that has been a regular contributor to the podcast. Yes, I, I talked to my mom and it was SP's idea to finally actually record her thoughts. And yeah, we talked a bit about it and such. So now, without further ado, we're actually going to hear Michelle's mom's take. So, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's not as good as the WandaVision. This is a little confusing, just a little bit to me. I guess I need to watch Civil War to find out really more about this scientist that they helped get out of prison to know more about that. And then maybe I can get really more into it. So... You've forgotten who Zemo is, then? Yes, I have. Oh, I am sorry. Zemo is the one that wanted the Avengers to fight against each other. Mm-hmm. That little bit when we talk about it, it comes back, you know, about it. Right now, to me, is a little bit interesting is who Bucky met at the end of the last episode. Do you remember who she is? Is she from... Black Panther. Yeah. She's one of the bodyguards. You saw her first in like Civil War. She's Io. Like in Black Panther, mm -hmm. the movie, she's not the main one. Oh, she's not the main one. Right. Oh, okay. All right. 
I'd just like to know what they're going to go with that about. That's a little interesting. Okay. You said you weren't sure about the Bucky. Bucky and Sam. To me, what they did was like a slap in the face to Sam. Because they should have told him, you know, we're saying that we need to get another America to help boost America to help fight, you know, and stuff. And they didn't do it. That is a little bit TV to me. I'm a little upset about that. They should have explained something, you know, saying we're going to be bringing someone in. But they didn't. Right. It, It was like a slap in the face to him. Exactly. I think Sam is holding on a little bit of what they did to him with the holding the, taking the shield and giving it to John to me I don't think he's the, really the right person for it I don't see him being Captain America I really don't that is the point yes it's just that there is nothing there he doesn't have it in his heart to me, like Steve did, that he's there for each and every one. That's how I feel from it. That's what I'm getting from the vibe from him and stuff. So so you didn't find the first three interesting? Or? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But it was a little letdown, just a little because of what, like I said, of what they did to Sam with the shield. But I'm rooting for Sam and Bucky to really be the the heroes of this to show people that it doesn't take a Captain America. It can take everybody to help come in together. Compared to WandaVision. I love WandaVision. It was good. It was really good. I mean, this is not too bad. (laughs) Mom, it's okay to say if you don't like something. Okay. I don't, I, I do like it, but it's not, I really wouldn't miss it if I didn't finish watching it. Oh, wow. And you finish almost anything. Yeah. (laughs) I can't help it. So you care about Sam? Yes, I care about Sam. I don't, because of the way what the United States did to him about the shield. Okay. Cool. I'm ticked off. Do you care about Bucky? Yes. Yes. Because he's come a long way with the help from Steve and stuff to keep him on the right track. Yes. Those two, I wish it was just them two. I wish it wasn't Captain America or his sidekick. I think it should have just been Bucky and Sam going after these people that has the serum. It would have been more and more interesting with them more being concentrating on those two and leaving out captain america did you like sharon carter coming back yeah but i i didn't understand what happened to her when she why is she on the run from the united states in civil war she helped captain america steve and sam get the shield and falcon gear so that made her a criminal And then she did not get snapped. So it's been seven years for her. Oh, okay. I guess, guess, boy, I guess I should have watched Civil War. Because, yeah, I completely forgot about what happened to her. 
So here's the thing. With WandaVision, did you feel like you had to watch another movie to understand it? No. But with Falcon and Winter yes, Soldier. Yes, I have. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Michelle, that was great. That was awesome. I am so glad that you finally brought your mom onto the podcast and proof that not only she listens, but she has opinions about it as well. Yeah, she's great. And what I said with my mom about not finishing something, you have to understand when I said you sit through so much, it, my mom saying that she will not finish something is basically getting like a half a star rating on your product because again, she will finish so much. That is not a good review. Well, rest assured that here on legends of shield, we do plan to finish the Falcon and the winter soldier as we move on to the other properties on Disney plus and in the Marvel cinematic universe. So with that, Chris, is there any last words that you want to say about this episode? I can't think of anything that we missed on this. I'm curious to see where we go from the halfway point to finish things up. There's a lot to do. There is. Michelle, any last words about episode three? Yeah, there's still a lot going on. I was a bit perplexed why Falcon was just like, I mean, I like the whole idea of when Bucky was sort of like telling Sam the plan to break Zemo out, but it was actually a flashback because it was like, oh yeah, by the way, this is what I did. And then Sam was just like upset for like three minutes and then completely on board. I'm hoping for more consistency of character as we go through the last three, not two, last three episodes of this series. Yep. And we'll be back next week talking about season one, episode four. And as Chris pointed out last time, this might be the one and only season, but season one, episode four of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. In the meantime, we got a couple items more to talk about and we're going to slip into some news. Yeah, now that we have a release date for Black Widow, we got a new trailer and it was really high action packed. It seems as though, you know, Natasha's going back to right some wrongs and help some people and she's kicking butt and there's explosions and she's diving in the sky and there's more explosions and there's punching and kicking and more explosions. So it seems like it's going to be a fun ride. I'm loving the crossover with Stranger Things. <laughs> Funny. Well, I mean, it's, of course, a different character, but same actor. So we'll see. And within the MCU with the mirror universe, you never know, you know, with the multiverse and stuff going on. I did watch the trailer. Chris, did you watch the trailer? I did. I really like the fact, and most people did, although you've seen some clickbaity headlines saying people didn't, that they put the Avengers theme in there to tie things through because, you know, Natasha was one of the connecting threads of all the Avengers. She died because she wanted that family back. And I like that inclusion of the Avengers theme with some twists and variants on it. Now there are some clickbaity sites that are saying fans are really upset about it because they saw like three tweets where people said, why doesn't black widow get her own theme? Well, cause she doesn't have one yet. Or if, cause no one really has theme songs in the MCU as part of the problem. Cause they change every movie. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely themes that get brought back up with certain characters, but we did talking about certain characters. We did see Thunderbolt Ross in a very brief scene. So at least there's some crossover there, even though this is, I, 
I believe, back in time. We're going back in time with this, yes. right? Yeah, it takes place post-Civil War, pre-Infinity War. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I think we talked about it last time. I think everybody here is looking forward to it. And matter of fact, we asked our audience a question about this, which we're going to get to right now. We had a Twitter poll about where people are going to watch Black Widow. We had in theater, at home via Disney Plus, both neither. And in theater actually won. There were 10 votes. Yeah, and half of those votes went to in theater. So five of the people that listened to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and follow the Twitter account said that they were going to watch it in theater. I'm not. I'm going to pay the 30 bucks to watch it at home. Chris, I think you're shaking your head no. Yep, I'm the exact same way. And honestly, Cost-wise, it works out to basically being the same price as if I went to the theater, my wife and I, because what, it'll be 30 bucks, so 15 bucks for each of us. So if you went to a non-matinee, it's probably, what, 13, 14 bucks. I'm okay with that. And in the Discord server, I'm not going to go over the details of it, but there was an article, I believe, with the Wall Street Journal talking about how the movie theaters are starting to fight back on this. There's some lawsuits against Disney Plus for doing this. We'll see where that all goes, and we'll report on it. If it makes any difference in the future, I'm not sure it will or won't, but we'll see what happens. I know some of the theaters are refusing to play Disney properties because of what's been happening in the last couple of movies. But like I said, we'll see what happens. And no, I'm not watching it in the theater, not this time around, maybe later in the year, but the way things stand right now. I don't know about you guys, but if I do go into a store or something like that and I'm in the store for any longer like than a half an hour or something like that, even if it's socially distanced, I start thinking in my head, is this air being circulated? Are people wearing their masks? Are people using proper hygiene with their hands and that sort of thing? And even though I'm fully vaccinated, I do have those concerns still. So I don't want to be in a movie theater right now. Maybe later in the year. I don't know. But right now, no. All right, Michelle, I think we're done. So what are we going to do for the rest of the week here? We're going to steal a convertible. Get on out of here. Um. I want to extend a huge, big, immense thank you to Chris for joining us today. For those that don't know, this is not something that was planned. This is something that I literally called up a friend and say, hey, can you podcast with us on this? Because we didn't know if Lauren was going to be back here or not. Like, I believe it was yesterday, Chris. I I don't remember when I did. But thank you so much for dropping everything, especially today, to come on the show with us. It was either yesterday or Friday. But like I said, I don't have a ton going on right now because I can't leave the house for anything. And I was worried that I got my second COVID shot. So I was worried I was going to be out of it. So I was like, yeah, I can set a target for being able to podcast by Sunday. And I was happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. And I'm looking forward to hearing Lauren's thoughts on the show when she's back next week. And by setting a target, you're not talking about like going to target to podcast. You're just like setting. Yeah. Okay. No, yesterday was or Friday was the first time since pretty much the lockdown started. I'd been inside a store that wasn't a grocery store because I stopped it. The Ollie's bargain discount whatever thing because I was looking for some comic books that supposedly they had trade paperbacks there for dirt cheap after I got my shot. 
I like to thank everyone who watches, listens, downloads, and to SP for going. Why don't you just record what your mom thinks? I think the audience has spoken and we need to hear more about Michelle's mom's take in the future. Well, then I'll, I'll, re- I'll remember to get my iPhone out and talk to her about it next week. And that's all it was, by the way. It was just an iPhone recording that we were able to make work. So that's all you have to do. Get us some feedback. How'd you like the episode? How'd you like Falcon and Winter Soldier? And until next time, I'm producer of the show, Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm consultant Chris. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Oh, I'm so glad that you made that connection too, Chris, with Sharon. What? About who we think she is. Oh, they're they're not exactly being subtle with their uh, thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. It might not be a prime. It might be like a secondary. Or well, the other alternative is she's undercover to take down said power broker. That would be more in line with Sharon's. Maybe I'm still just a bit by the WandaVision side of things, but if it seems too obvious, I don't expect it to be true. And it seems too obvious that she's the power broker. So, right. At least for me. Where you been? Where you been? Thank you. Go to your bed. Go to bed. Go lay down. Thank you. Chris, I'm so glad you finally trained your wife. Yeah. No, she's uh, passed out with uh, issues related from the second COVID shot. She's had a headache and pretty much just laid up. How's your experience been? My arm was sore for like the day of, and then it was fine. And I've been fine other than just a headache that comes and goes. Okay. Which is annoying. Okay. I know I'm forgetting something. It's usually at this point that it's something important. I got the post out. We're going out to YouTube as soon as I hit the button. I've got the soundboard ready to go. We've tested the soundboard. Are we just saying happy Easter for the national day? That's what I'm forgetting. Today is national school librarian day. Ooh, books. Yeah. Thank you for including that part where, you know, we talked about if you needed to see a movie to watch WandaVision as opposed to. Like with this, because I think that wasn't important. Yeah, the only parts I intentionally took out were where you were talking about there being only two episodes left. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why I thought it was only two episodes. I honestly don't know why. 
I really don't know why. <laughs> That's okay. Time has no meaning. I didn't want to call you out on that. So I was just like, well, I'm going to take that out. Plus, they, I, I had to shorten it anyway. Chris, you don't know this, but it was over a 15 minute conversation back and forth. So, oh, was it? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I nailed it back down to, to five and a half minutes there. Oh, yeah. Of course. That was from episode 359, by the way. So my furnace stopped working. Oh, fun. It's working, but it won't light half the time. So <gasps> the thermostat will think it's working, but it's not. And it just ends up blowing cold air. So I have to completely turn the breaker off to reset everything and start it again for it to work. Now it's getting warmer and I have a fireplace that I can run all night. It burns a lot of natural gas, but at least I right. don't have to worry about freezing at night and it would never get we're at the point where it's the house is not going to freeze overnight, but I just don't want to take a shower in the morning when it's like 55 or 60 degrees. So actually it'd be more like low sixties probably. So yeah, I just have been doing that and I refuse to pay the rates to get somebody in on the weekend because by the time I figured it out, it was Friday night. So I tried to call the place on Saturday morning and said, we're closed. I'm like, okay, well just call you on Monday. So not going to pay emergency rates for something that I can limp through a couple of days before yeah, I can call somebody. So, yeah, it's brand new. It's the thing that was put in. I talked about it on the Gunna Geek show two and a half years ago, and I'm pretty sure it just needs maintenance. And I haven't had it maintained yet. Uh, see, I, I do the maintenance plan with one of the local folks here, in part because I've had it happen before. If it breaks in off peak hours, I don't pay any extra. It's just treated like a regular service call, even if it's someone coming in at two in the morning because something went insane. Honestly, I was going to have it serviced anyway in the in the coming months for the air conditioning season. Out. So yeah, this is this will start it off, and uh, yeah. like I said, I can limp through it. But yeah, I was going to start doing that because when you put a new one in, it's under warranty for the first year, and the second year you think yep. it's pretty much going to work fine, so you can save some money in those first two years since you spent twelve thousand dollars putting it in. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my yeah. fun for this week is doing that. It'll be just wonderful, I'm sure. I can't believe it's April. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what the, what the, what the, man, it's April. <laughs> well, it's better than being February. That's for sure. Yeah, At least I thought just, I was done with snow. Then it snowed on Thursday this last week. Uh, we shut right, down the interstate in the southern part of the state. I went to work. I parked my car and it was sunny in the morning and I knew there was a possibility of snow, but I left the, I've got a, a, a panoramic roof. I think that's what it's called. And I, mm-hmm. I had the back propped open just a little bit. So it vents as, as I'm driving yeah. and, uh, just to get some uh, more airflow through the car. Cause sometimes it can be stuffy in there and I forgot to shut it. So somebody came into Oops. work at like one and they're saying it's snowing out. And I'm like, Oh, how bad is it snowing? Well, it's blowing. And I'm like, is it blowing crossways? They're like, yep. And I just said, okay guys, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gone for the day. And they just looked at me and like, I left my roof open. They're like, oh. So I yeah. it, it, luckily none of, nothing had blown in, but there was a possibility. So I'm like, you know what? Since I'm already all the way out of my car and I have to park at least a half mile away from my office. So I'm like, yeah, I'm screwed. I'm going home. So I did. I don't blame you. Yeah, April. It's April. Gonna be May soon. I know. It's just there's just like stuff I have to do for work and all that type of stuff where it was like, oh, I have a couple of no wait that's next month <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it's like... i had 
Oh, taxes. I did my taxes last oh, month. Oh, yeah. I have to pay my taxes. They pushed it out another month, too. So it's not due until May 15th now. Well, I have to do my state taxes. So, uh, your state may have pushed. My state did push out a month also. Oh, okay. So. She's Indiana. Who knows what Indiana? Yeah, I'm Indiana. Yeah. It's just... Well, we're a pretty deep red state now, too. Yeah. So. yeah. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.